Happy Friday and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, a weekly no-fluff data first roundup of interesting news and trends about mobile apps and games. This is Ariel from AppFigures and I have five highlights for you today. And we'll start with a birthday. Not my birthday, Peacock's birthday. Peacock is NBC's streaming app and it's about to celebrate its first birthday, which means I won't be able to call it new anymore. I think that's fine. We looked at HBO Max recently after it shed the new label, so... It's now becoming customary, and here's a look at what Peacock has been up to in the last year. Now, I normally look at downloads, but in this case, while downloads are a good metric to understand the success and engagement and whether people actually care about the app, with NBC's reach and the amount of ads that they can easily get, it's not really that difficult to get more downloads. The real proxy for me for demand is revenue. So I looked at Peacock's revenue, and if you remember from a few episodes ago, we looked at revenue for the end of May, which was pretty high and was the highest single month in revenue. And I have good news if you're interested in seeing Peacock succeed, and that is June was even bigger. June had more revenue and stronger month-over-month -month growth. When we look at the total revenue that Peacock earned since it was rolled out just about a year ago, our estimates show $18 million in net revenue, or about $25 million before they paid Apple and Google their fees which is not bad halt for a brand new app from a TV channel. Much of its growth started around February of this year, and much like HBO Max and Disney, it's driven by exclusives. So what's next for Peacock? Exclusives. Exclusives are the name of the game at this point. It's not very different than the old world of cable, but the main difference here is that switching between apps just isn't as easy as switching between channels on your remote when you're just looking at your TV. And that's why we're seeing more focus, I think, on a small number of apps that people are consuming. And that's why you see a small number of streaming apps at the top of the charts all the time. So the way I see it, to continue growing, companies like NBC have to evolve how they look at content. HBO Max already did that, and the results are pretty good. Just for context, HBO Max brought in $51 million in net revenue, meaning after they paid Apple and Google their fees, according to our estimates, and that's double Peacock's entire existence. Now, I know I'm comparing TV with movies, which is a little bit different, but HBO Max is now putting all their movies on HBO Max immediately. And so the line between TV and movies and movie theaters is blurring really quickly, and I think that's kind of the interesting thing in this one. Next up for you is Clubhouse. I've analyzed Clubhouse more than once in the last year, but I usually focus on downloads. Thanks to the launch of the Android app a few weeks ago, those have gone up by a factor of 15 when compared to April. 15x, that's kind of crazy. But as I analyzed this latest trend, something else popped out that I wasn't really expecting. Based on our estimates, one country is responsible for about 40% of the nearly 30 million downloads Clubhouse has seen since launch. That country isn't the US. The country is India. Now that Clubhouse is on Android, that's kind of expected for Google Play, but India is also the country with the most downloads for the iOS app, edging out the US by nearly 2 million downloads. It's interesting to see how this audio only propagated across languages and countries. I initially dismissed it, and I said this last week, I dismissed a lot of different things about Clubhouse, but I thought that it would be difficult to have conversations across different languages. And what I think I was missing here is that unlike Twitter or Facebook, where everyone can see what, is, what it is you're posting, when you set up a room on Clubhouse, 
it's easier to get just people who speak your language. And I think that's the difference. So you set up a room and people speak your language and they come to the platform. And that's exactly what we're seeing, especially around something like India. If you remember the early days of TikTok, and by early, I mean just a couple of years ago, um, they saw kind of the same expansion in India. And a lot of apps, a lot of social apps have seen explosions in India over the last few years. So this is not surprising, but this is great for Clubhouse and for what they're representing. And with every passing day, I see more and more opportunity for Clubhouse in, to take over and provide something that didn't exist in, uh, didn't exist before. So I think I'm going to keep an eye on this because I'm curious to see how they'll monetize this entire thing and how creators can monetize, which is exactly what I said last week. But I'm still excited about it. Another thing I'm excited about is crypto. I've talked about crypto a lot, and crypto has been in the news a lot. And it's in the news again. This time, it's not a weird currency that's taking the store by fire, but rather regulators trying to prevent that from happening. So earlier this week, regulators in the UK announced that Binance, a popular crypto trading app, is now banned in the UK. And there's a little bit of a backstory to this. It's not that they just decided to do it. Um, it's actually another action, a string of moves that the UK's Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA, has taken against cryptocurrency. I, I've looked at Coinbase before, and if you've been listening to the podcast, you have probably heard me talk about Coinbase more than once. Um, and that's another popular crypto trading platform that we see here in the US a lot. But I don't talk about Binance that much, and that's because it's kind of complicated. But let's put that aside for now. Let's just look at what Binance is. Since the beginning of 2020, Binance was downloaded 1.78 million times, and 7.8 has a significance, which I'll get to in a second. That's in the UK, specifically across Google Play and the iOS App Store. And the downloads are split almost evenly between the App Store and Google Play, according to our intelligence. Rival Coinbase, by comparison, was downloaded 1.88 million times. And you got Binance by about 100,000 downloads over two years, and that's in the UK. So... If you're curious why the FCA is making its moves now, look no further than the trend of downloads. And you can't really see it in the podcast, but I'm going to link to the chart below. But we can see that the trend has been um, very low engagement, very little interest in these types of apps all the way up to the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. And then we can see an explosion. And we can see that downloads have gone from um, very, very few, from less than 20,000, to actually 100,000 and more on a weekly basis, and that's pretty big. And so there's a lot that has to do with more consumption, more people are into it, uh, and it's a bigger target on their backs. Now, I have specifically focused on the UK here because all this is happening in the UK, and Binance has a US app, which is not even owned by the same Binance, so I didn't want to get into that. If you do want to get into that, you can uh, go on the site and look at it for yourself. So. Why is this even interesting? What's going on here, if, if you're curious? And the way I look at it, cryptocurrencies entered the mainstream just recently. And we can see it from the chart, and we can see it in general from everything that I've talked about before. Um, but their popularity as an investment opportunity for mere mortals has been skyrocketing. And I think this move from the UK regulators attempts to curb this excitement by forcing the mere mortals to acknowledge that Cryptocurrencies are just speculative, they're unpredictable. In other words, it's not necessarily a good place to invest your hard-earned money. The thing is, I think it's hard to just say no to this trend. So they will fight it now, but it has to change. So I expect we'll hear more about this in the very near future. And whatever comes out of that could be critical to the evolution of crypto as a real currency, both in the US and the UK. So more to keep an eye on. Next up is a new app. There's a new parlor in town, and it's called Getter. I think that's how you say it. It's a get with two T's and an R at the end. 
If there's a different way to say it, please let me know. But the app, which builds on the promise of free and open speech, launched a few weeks ago, but was officially announced yesterday. In those few hours, it's been gaining a lot of momentum in the U.S. App Store, where it's now ranked third in the social media category and 12th overall. That's right. So an app that was launched and just announced yesterday is now number 12 in the U.S. And it's been climbing, if you look at the chart. Now, it's hard to tell if Getter will see the kind of downloads that Parler saw before it was pulled or after, which wasn't really that many. Uh, but given the current trend, I expect it will be on a few million devices within the next few weeks. This is interesting to me because normally when you look at an app and you try to analyze it, whether it's an app that has to do with politics or has to do with really anything, you try to see how they monetize and what's the business structure behind it. And every popular social network may have not started with that in mind, but they fought their way through and eventually, for the most part, they all settled on ads. And they're all making money to whatever extent is difficult to say, but that's a different story altogether. Um, but get a, is it a business venture? I don't really know. It's hard to tell. There's so many stories around who owns this app and where this app came from. And I don't really want to get into the politics of it because that has nothing to do in this podcast. But what is interesting is that we now have an industry in which we have two competitors or multiple competitors with different incentives. So you have Getter. I, I don't necessarily know their incentives. I don't know who's funding this. I don't know who's pushing this. And then you have Facebook and, and Twitter and the mainstream media that are making money with ads. So competition is not exactly even. And if we think about it just as a place for a specific type of person to go and, and use and speak, that's one thing. But if we try to think about it as something that can become another social media channel, then we got to find that, um, that business incentive. And I don't know what's going to happen with that. So to me, that's interesting. It's also interesting to see how Apple and Google will handle gets free speech commitment. It's too early to tell, and I don't think we'll know um, very, very soon. And the news is not really covering it all that much. But if it does get sticky, I'm sure something will happen. So more to keep an eye on. I think I've said that four times so far, and we covered four insights. So four for four. Last for this week is another sign of good news. Vaccines plus summer equals travel. Let's end the week on a high note by looking at the continuing on lockdown. To get an idea of how many more people are traveling, I compared downloads of the top airlines apps so far in 2021 versus the first half of 2020, so the same time period. And the results are actually interesting. So the most downloaded airline apps in the US uh, by downloads and in order are American Airlines, Delta, United Airlines, Southwest Airlines, and Spirit Airlines. A lot of airlines. According to our estimates, the top five were downloaded seven and a half million times in the first half of 2020 across the App Store and Google Play in the US. And that total rose to about 11 million in the first six months of 2021. And that's almost 50% increase year over year. Who's winning in all of this is kind of a, an interesting question because we can see growth rate um, in an industry that's really been choking for a year plus, and we can see the growth rate across all the different apps almost. The winner in this is actually the least downloaded app, Spirit Airlines. Downloads of Spirit Airlines, which was the lowest ranked app both in 2021 and in 2020, rose by 110% year over year. They still don't have the most downloads, but the growth has been the fastest. And the rest average about 50% growth between 50 and 64, all except for Southwest Airlines, which saw just a modest 6% growth. They're number four in this list, and they're doing kind of all right. They're almost on par with United Airlines. Um, but the takeaway from this, regardless of growth rate, is that it's going up. We're not at 2019 levels, 
where our estimates show the same group saw a little over 13 million downloads. But considering that the beginning of the year was a lot weaker than what it is now, I think it's safe to say that we're getting very, very, very close. Given how things are trending, I think the second half of this year is going to have a lot more downloads and maybe could potentially even have more downloads than 2019, the end half of 2019. I think that's a good sign. And on that happy note, I'm going to say happy Friday. If you are celebrating the long weekend, happy 4th. And if you are interested in any of the information that you heard today and want to see it for your own apps, for competitors, for friends, head on to appfigures.com slash intelligence to get it for yourself. See you next week.